Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend Yes, yes, y'all. From the inside of my home in an undisclosed location, this is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. I am Ashley Pickle, the video director for Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine and texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. Whether you're watching us live on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's YouTube, Twitch, or live at TexasFootball.com, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to, the podcast vendor of your choice. This is what I'm supposed to say. Thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. Um, today is Tuesday, October 7th, 49 days until Thanksgiving. It is the birthday of famous cellist Yo-Yo Ma. So happy birthday to Yo-Yo Ma. He turned 65 today. This is episode number 1,257. And boy, do we have a jam-packed show for you today. Again, doing it solo, but we're still going to have all the fun. So up first, we'll go through your week seven butt groove guide where we tell you all of the games that you cannot miss this weekend. Then we'll hear, uh, we're going to switch this up a little bit since I'm doing it solo. I kind of have to rework how we're doing the show. So if you like consistency from the other shows, bear with me. We're still going to get all the same stuff in just a little bit of a different order here. Uh, After the butt group guide, we're going to hear the picks, Tepper's Texas high school football predictions for week seven of the Texas high school football season. Then we're going to be joined by Kaufman coach Jeremy Burleson after his Lions squad made their way up into the rankings after um, an unbelievable season that they've been having so far in 4A Division One. So excited to hear from Coach Burleson there. Then we will go through and Mike Craven, our college football insider, joins me for our college football burning questions heading into week six of the college football weekend. So a ton of stuff to get to. We will do first four through the door here. Uh, Malpal, welcome, sister. Uh, Jacob, John, Aaron Arbuckle, and Tony Blaylock, welcome in, fellas and lady fellas. All right. Up 
first on the agenda, it is time for the butt groove guide. Now, if you were just joining us and wondering why there is a lady sitting in her house telling you about your butt groove guide, well, here is the reason why. So we go through each week and tell you which games in Texas high school football and college football that you absolutely cannot miss. Called the butt groove guide because when you're sitting on your couch, you want a nice butt groove. And you should be sitting there all weekend because we are jam-packed with a lot of good games. Again, week seven heading in to the Texas high school football season and week six heading in to the college football um, season as well there and of course uh, we will take a look at some of the top games that we have on Dave Campbell's Texan live and those college football games a little later on so Thursday for your butt groove guide tonight here's what you want to do we're going to start at six o'clock there's a couple of different games that you can go ahead and and put on before that seven o'clock hit rolls around. Usually there's probably only one games, but we're going to get started really early tonight. So at six o'clock on Texan live, Katie Taylor and Katie Tompkins. Um, so go ahead. And if you're, if you're getting home from work and you're ready to go ahead and get the football weekend started at six, you can go ahead and turn that one on. Then at six thirty, two pairs of games. And let me go back for a second. We are working off the assumption that you have three screens in your household. So we're going to say main TV, laptop, phone. If you have more than that, become a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber at texasfootball.com. If not, we're, we're going to work off the assumption that we're doing three screens here. So up first, if you're looking to get in early on the Texas high school football weekend, Katie Taylor, Katie Tompkins. Put that on at 6. 6.30 comes. You can go ahead and fill up those other two screens because Cy Woods and Langham Creek are playing and Cy Ridge and Cy Creek both start at 6.30. So you can have three games going before the 7 o'clock hour ever even get started. So <laughs> big time there. And then um, whenever you are done, also want to mention too, if you are in, if you're more interested in watching college games, well, you're in luck to Houston taking on the green wave of Tulane tonight, 630, that one on ESPN. So Houston's going from a Friday game last week to a 630 game this week. Craven and I talk a little bit about that in burning questions coming up in the back half of the show. Um, but there is that college football on. So if you're looking to watch that, there you go. Houston playing at Tulane. And then after that, once we get to the 7 o'clock hour, whichever game is out of hand, remember you're going off of three screens here, so whichever one gets out of hand, go ahead and switch over to Tom Ball and Klein Collins. This one a real interesting matchup, and uh, our Jay Dunson will be on the call there, and you can kind of ride that one out. we got a couple more um, games tonight at the 7 o'clock hour, but that one's probably the most interesting one that we have. So if, if uh, any of those other games get out of hand, well, you have plenty of other options to go to tonight. Big slate of Thursday games um, down in the Houston area. Moving on, Friday for your butt groove guide. This is where the meat and potatoes are. A ton of Texas high school football games on uh, TexanLive.com. And we're going to start off with probably one of the most off-the-wall big games of the night. And when I say this, you might be wondering why this is such a big game. But at 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock, a huge game between Katie Seven Lakes and Katie Morton Ranch. The reason that this is such a big game is this will likely decide where 
Katie High School, Gary Joseph and his Tigers end up in the playoffs, whether it'll be in Division One or Division Two. So if you want to see Katie go D1, then you're going to be rooting for that Morton Ranch, uh, for that Morton Ranch win tonight and that's one of those things this is intriguing to a lot of different people specifically like Westlake fans because they are definitely hoping that Katie goes up D1 and that they can go down D2 so a a lot riding on that six o'clock game tonight that's one I would probably try and keep on the whole way through unless it gets absolutely out of hands but you're gonna want to know where that works if you're interested in kind of the moving puzzle pieces as to where Katie ends up D1 or D2 then we head over to the 7 o'clock hour um, and a big, big game here. Atascacita and Summer Creek. Um, Summer Creek is really looking like they're probably going to be able to weasel their way into that fourth team in 21-6A. They lost to C.E. King last week, but they still have Atascacita and North Shore up on the schedule and obviously Atascacita tomorrow night. And that's one of those things. They're definitely underdogs in this game, but if they could pull an upset over either one of those teams, they can absolutely guarantee themselves a spot in the playoffs. Likely they'll end up in the fourth seed anyway, but you never know. Maybe in the first half, they kind of get something going there. Another one to watch out for seven o'clock tomorrow night, Big, big game in Southeast Texas. We're going to go over to Huffman Hargrave and Little Cypress. We're going to start that over. Huffman Hargrave and Little Cypress Mauriceville. Um, 10-4 AD1. And it's a really, really tight race in that district. Um, We've got Hargrave is undefeated on the season. And then LCM, Livingston, and Splendora are all 4-1 heading into district play. So there's a lot of movement up there at the top of that district. And so those are probably the four teams that are going to end up making it into the playoffs. But these specific district rivalry games are going to really decide on the seating there. So big game right there to kind of most likely really decide if Hargrave is going to be in the driver's seat heading into the rest of district play. And then... If Seven Lakes Morton Ranch gets out of hand and you're looking for another 7 o'clock game to switch on to one of those third screens, interested in Cy Fair and Jersey Village here. It'll be Coach Eric Fulkert's on the call for Texan Live. And this one in our computer system is a uh, it's a pick'em game, so expecting it to be pretty close. Jersey Village uh, undefeated at 5-0, and and that young defense has been playing really, really well for them. So it could have a pretty big impact there on the District 17 6A uh, scope of things. So it's interesting. We're really starting to get into that level of a lot of off-the-wall games that aren't necessarily the big-time, big names, like what Katie does this weekend is probably going to pummel in on another team, but you get those Katie Morton Ranch and uh, Seven Lakes games, and you're thinking, okay, now we have some of those third and fourth seeded teams really making uh, some impact on the scope of Texas high school football as a whole. So there is your butt groove guide for Friday night. Still a ton of other games on TexanLive.com you can check out. But if you're going to three screen it here, that would probably be the path that I would suggest. On to Saturday, we've got 11 a.m., the Red River Rivalry. I think just about anyone in the state of Texas, whether you are a fan of Texas or OU or anyone or not a fan of either of them, everyone always puts this on one of the three screens. So that one should be super interesting. Oklahoma coming in as the number six team in the nation and Texas coming in as number 21. So it'll be quite interesting to see, you know, 
what happens there. Bijan's going to need the game of his life. We talk about that more later on in the um, uh, burning questions segment. But, of course, ABC... All eyes are going to be on that. If you're at the State Fair, have a fun time this weekend. Um, If you want to go ahead and two-screen it for 11 a.m. and really get the football weekend kicked off early, we do have on FS1, West by God, Virginia is visiting Baylor down at McLean's. So all eyes probably going to be on the Red River rivalry. But again, if you've got three screens and you want something on, there you go. Moving on at 2.30, if you're looking for a little matinee action, we've got number 24 SMU heading up to the Agua Troops to take on Navy. We've been talking all year about how butt Navy is, but they're kind of coming back a little bit so I'll be real interested to see you know that's a that's a real early time slot to be heading over there to the east coast and it'll be interesting to see how Sunny Dykes and his squad handles the triple option and then this is where it comes in we need we're calling ISO do not have another game on turn off all the rest of your screens there is one game that matters and it starts at three o'clock it is the TFT Bowl as the North Texas Mean Green travel up to Columbia, Missouri to take on Greg Tepper's Mizzou Tigers. Like I said, all of their screens off game of the week easily. (laughs) No. Okay. This is big for us. I think we have decided we need to, I'll text him after the show today to make sure. And we'll put it on Twitter just so everyone knows. But I think what we decided is we're going to take a bet on the spread. We're not going to bet outright because this is a terrible North Texas team taking on an SEC team regardless. So we're probably going to take a bet on the spread. And I believe that the loser has to wear formal apparel sometime next week on the show. So for me, that would be a prom dress ball gown thing and for Tepper that's going to be a suit so everyone get your talons up everyone wants to watch the Mean Green beat Mizzou so three o'clock there and then heading on into the night slate here's where things get really really fun you start off your day super big with the Red River rivalry and you can end it on a good note as UTSA the 5-0 and Red Roadrunners go and take on Western Kentucky and you can watch this one on stadium. This is this is huge, guys. I mean, this is the first Conference USA matchup for UTSA. Western Kentucky with Bailey Zappi, if you remember, they kind of picked up Houston Baptist and moved it to the hilltop over there. So a night game at the hilltop in Conference USA speak is always really big. This will be super, super exciting. Clear, clear the deck for that one. If you do want another night game to watch in the college realm, uh, TCU and Tech happening there in Lubbock on ESPN. And then we do have three games on Texan Live at 6 o'clock, Cy Park, Cy Falls, 7 o'clock, Westbrook and Humble, and 7 o'clock, again, Cy Ranch and Bridgeland. So if you've got three screens, throw on a throw on a high school football game on TexanLive.com. If you would rather watch college, well, we've got that option for you, too. But make sure to tune into that UTSA Western Kentucky game if you get the chance. We are very, very excited to see that. So there you go. Your week seven butt groove guide. Again, you can see games all weekend long, every weekend of the Texas high school football season on TexanLive.com. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every day, every weekday during the year. Um, We're going to start that over. This break thing just really gets me. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon talking football in the Lone Star State. We hope that you will consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. Two magazines, a year's worth of unlimited content. Someone's calling me and they shouldn't be from Lano, Texas. Interesting. Um... 
And so, yeah, make sure to should do that. The holiday season's coming up, so we hope that you will take the time to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. All right, guys, like I said, we're switching up the order a little bit from what we usually do, but everyone loves to hear Greg Tepper make his predictions for the Texas high school football weekends. He says he's the only one with enough courage to do this and guarantees that he will get one right every week. So shout out Malpal for editing this video together, and here they are, Greg Tepper's week seven Texas high school football predictions here on Texas Football Today. We're officially in the second half of the 2021 Texas high school football season and every game is only getting more important. These are the picks. Welcome into the picks, your guide to Texas high school football weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to week seven of the 2021 Texas high school football season. And this feels like a real Rubicon moment, right? Because last week was the big bye week. 25% of the state was off this week. District play is underway for pretty much everybody. Consider this. There's 645 Texas high school football games this weekend scattered across the state. Only 55 of them are non-district games. That's right. All these games have major implications as far as who's in, who's out, who's making the playoffs, who's hanging up pads come November, and who's going to have an opportunity to fight for a place at AT&T Stadium. Big games everywhere you look. We start in Montgomery County. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Montgomery ISD Stadium. It's a matchup of unbeatens in the 5A ranks as the Montgomery Bears welcome in the Brian Rudder Rangers. What are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, all grown up. This is a really interesting Montgomery squad in large part because of the experience that they have at the skill position. Quarterback Brock Bolfing, the coach's son, has been a four-year starter for the Bears and he has really grown into the role. I'm awfully impressed at the maturity that he shows at the QB spot. And the running back spot as well, Jalen Washington, who's a real star, real game breaker for this Bears team. He is a four-year starter as well, started ever since he was a freshman. Now, this is a rudder defense that has made some plays this year, led by their safety, Trey McClinton, but I'm not sure that they have faced an offense as explosive and as experienced as this Bears attack is going to be. So, can Montgomery's experience at the skill position shine through, or will rudder snuff it out? Key number two, Ezar does it. Let's talk a little bit about the other coach's kid at the quarterback spot in this game. In EJ Ezar, the quarterback for Brian Rudder, and this kid has been magnificent. A dual threat quarterback uh, who would do a little bit of everything. He's already thrown for 13 touchdowns this year. I I'm a believer that if he was just a couple inches taller, he'd be on everybody's recruiting radar. That's neither here nor there. Jaquiz Martin, their star freshman wide receiver, has stepped up in a big way. But make no mistake, the straw that stirs the drink for this Rudder offense is uh, EJ Ezar. Now he can be a little bit loose with the football. He's thrown a number of interceptions this year, and that is where Mason White at the safety spot for Montgomery could be a big-time playmaker. Can EJ Ezar on the big stage step up in a big way? And key number three, a suddenly important game. In the grand scheme of District 10-5A Division II, before the year, we kind of looked at A&M Consolidated and Huntsville and said, all right, you two duke it out, the rest of you guys figure out the rest of it. Montgomery was picked third in Dave Campbell's Texas football in this district, and Brian Rudder was picked fifth. They were picked to miss the playoffs. Well, suddenly, these two teams are undefeated more than halfway through the regular season. And suddenly, these two teams are in a position 
to take the front-runner position in District 10-5A Division 2. Now, they've still got a tough road to hoe, and A&M Consolidated ain't going away, and Huntsville could figure it out, and Montgomery Lake Creek is very solid as well. It's a tough district, but the winner of this game is going to be in the catbird seat here, and is going to feel really good not only about making the playoffs, but maybe bringing home a district championship. So, on this big stage, with suddenly a lot on the line, who steps up? Who am I picking? I'm going with Montgomery. I think being home helps here, but also I think the offensive balance that they have is really important. Jalen Washington, I think, is so important to what they do in that big offensive line, blows open holes and lets him cook out of the backfield. Furthermore, Brock Bolfing has been a star taking care of the football for Montgomery. That's what they're going to need in this one. For Rudder, I think that they want to get the score up. I think that they want to get this into a track meet, let EJ Ezar cook a little bit and make this a high possession game. Get this game into the 30s or the 40s because I think that Montgomery may have a defensive advantage in this one. I think this game's a lot of fun, and it's really cool to see these two teams in a big spotlight. But I think Montgomery gets the win. Let's go to 4A now. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Willie Williams Stadium in Bellmead on the north side of Waco. It is a state-ranked 4A Division I clash between the unbeaten Stephenville Yellow Jackets and the Waco La Vega Pirates. Where are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, Jackets under the radar. Haven't talked a ton about Stephenville, right? And yet here they are, 5-0. Looking really good now in the top three of Dave Campbell's Texas football's 4A Division I rankings and just kind of doing their thing. New quarterback Ryder Lambert has been exceptional. A 19-to-1 TD-to-interception ratio. That'll play. And 12 of those touchdowns have gone to their star wide receiver, Coy Eakin. The defense has been very solid with linebacker Reese Young, but this is probably their biggest test to date. Uh, going up against this La Vega team that has really turned the corner and is looking very, very good. So... Can Stephenville, now that they're firmly on everybody's radar, step up? Key number two, La Vega's slow cooker. This fall, we're getting out our crock pot, right? You want to make a little bit of soup. You're going to get the stock. You're going to get some vegetables, maybe some meat in there, things like that. But it's not ready right away, right? You need it to cook a little bit. You need it to simmer. It's going to take some time. But when it's finished, it's going to be good because it all comes together in one pot. That is a metaphor for what Waco La Vega is, okay? Coach Don Hyde squads famously are not a finished product in week one. They want to grow and get better every single week, and I think that's what you're starting to see here with guys like Nick Xavier Rice and Deidre Brawley. They have got big-time playmakers who can start to cook a little bit. This big, physical, power-running team is starting to look good. The defense is starting to really knock some heads, and that is what La Vega football is all about. Their last game against Corpus Christi Miller, I think they started to turn a corner and they're starting to do that kind of thing where La Vega starts to get better, starts to coalesce, starts to be a team you do not want to face. So is the La Vega slow cooker ready just in time for district play? And key number three, styles make fights. So these are two pretty polar opposite types of teams, right? Stephenville, offensively, they want to air it out, right? We mentioned Ryder Lambert, the, the big offense. They want to throw and throw and get out and run and wide open spread, right? And La Vega is kind of the opposite. They just want to line it up and run it at you. And that big physical offensive line, they want to play physical smash mouth football. And that's what makes games like this, especially in a district context, so much fun to watch because 
which of these teams is able to impose their will, which of these teams are able to set the tone of this game. If this is a low-scoring, slugfest-type game, Waco La Vega loves it. They want to get in the slop. They want to get in the muck. They want to be in a street fight. For Stephenville, they would love to get in a shootout. They would love to get out there and run and use that track speed that they've got to really run away from La Vega. So, if styles make fights, which style wins out here? Who am I picking? I'm going with La Vega. I think that the defense is the difference in this one. Guys like Darian White and Marcus Cobb, I think, are the game breakers for this La Vega team. And I think that they really are starting to turn into something special, right? That defense has been consistent from day one, basically. And they are starting to really turn it on and be that physical team that Don Hyde likes to have this time of year. Now, I think that, again, Stephenville's going to have the playmakers, right? Coy Eakin on the outside. And if Ryder Lambert can have a big game, then Stephenville is absolutely capable of winning this game. But for now, I think that La Vega's got the edge here. Give me the Pirates. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Highlander Stadium in Dallas. It is a 5A Division I showdown between the Longview Lobos and the Highland Park Scots. And Longview will try to become the third team since 1998 to knock off the Scots at home. You know, I think Brendan Storer, the quarterback for Highland Park, is really growing into the role. I've been awfully impressed with the defense, led by defenseman Jack Curtis, but this is going to be a different type of team that they're going to face this week because Longview is physical. Their offensive line and their running game with Jarrett Lewis, the running back, they're starting to figure things out offensively, and that is pretty scary, especially considering they've got wide receiver Jalen Hale on the outside. I think this game's going to be a lot of fun, and of course, a state-ranked matchup between these two teams is always going to bring out the eyeballs, but I do think that Highland Park at home is just awfully tough to beat. Give me the Scots. 7 o'clock Friday night at Mart ISD Athletic Complex. It's a battle of unbeatens in 2A Division II as the Mart Panthers take on the Chilton Pirates. Mart's probably the quietest number one team in the state, right, in 2A Division II, and part of it is because they just haven't been challenged. They've just been mowing people down in that typical Mart way. Clyderian Campbell, their running back, has been great. Trey Powell, the new quarterback, has stepped up in a big way, and their defense has been great. Well, here's Chilton, and Chilton is a bit of a surprise undefeated, and I think that quarterback McKellar Cook is a big reason why, but also their defense, which has allowed two total points in their last three games. Yeah, so this is a, the first real test for Mart in a lot of ways, especially that offense up against this really good Chilton defense. I think this game has a chance to be very interesting, but I do think that Mart is the favorite, especially at home. Give me the Panthers. And 7 o'clock Friday night at Grande Communications Stadium in Midland. It's a battle in the Little Southwest Conference as the Wolforth Friendship Tigers visit the Midland Legacy Rebels. Very impressed by Wolforth Friendship this year. Jay Northcutt has done a great job turning around the Tigers. They were 3-6 last year, off to a 4-2 start, thanks in large part to their quarterback, Chad Ferries, who has stepped up in a big way. Defense, mostly good as well. Well, here comes Midland Legacy. I think the front runners in the Little Southwest Conference, and they have dudes. Most notably, their running back, McKaylin Young. Uh, our friend Mike Roach at 247 Sports is fond of calling him Quadzilla, and if you see him, you can see why. He's already over a thousand yards rushing, but they can spread the ball around a little bit as well. Sophomore quarterback Marcos Davila has certainly done his part. Now, the Legacy defense a little up and down. They'll need to be up for this one for a big challenge from the Tigers, but I do think Legacy at home is going to have the difference. I think the Rebels get the win. But those are far from the only big games in week seven of the Texas high school football season. Let's get to the lightning round. I like Wichita Falls Rider over Abilene Wiley. Give me Burton to take down Somerville, and I like Salina to take down Aubrey.
I like Vanderbilt Industrial over Orange Grove. I see what you're doing, Brent Davis. Give me Gregory Portland over Victoria West. And I like Jim Ned over Early in a Battle of Unbeatens. I like Abernathy over Reagan County. 100th meeting between Texas High and Marshall. I think the Tigers get the win. And new number one in 4A Division I, Austin LBJ, lives up to the billing. They beat Canyon Lake. I like El Paso Franklin over El Paso Eastlake. Give me Bernie to take down Pleasanton. And Battle of Unbeatens in the capital city. I like Austin Westlake over Austin Bowie. Wink over Seagraves. I like Newton to take down New Waverly. And Navasota gets by Smithville. Battle of Unbeatens in the Rio Grande Valley. I like Harlingen South over San Benito. Battle of Unbeatens in the Alamo City. I like San Antonio Brennan over San Antonio Taft. And give me Denton Geyer to take down Denton Braswell. Friona stays perfect with a win over Tulia. I like Divine to take down Carrizo Springs, and Mansfield Summit beats Richland. Cameron Yo starting to get going. I think they beat Academy. Give me West Rusk over Arp, and I like West Orange Stark over Silsby. Livingston over Lumberton, Cristoval over Rock Springs, and Big Game and Umble. I like Atascacita over Summer Creek. Battle of Unbeatens in Southeast Texas. I like Nederland over Texas City. Give me Amarillo Tascosa over rival Amarillo. And Vega takes down Groover. Give me Centerville over Alto. I like Mercedes to stay perfect with a win over Sherland. And give me Cibolo Steel over New Braunfels. Battle of Unbeatens in the Alamo City. I like Alamo Heights over Floresville. Give me Franklin to take down Rogers. And give me Lindsay to take down Collinsville. Denison beats Lake Dallas. I like Henrietta over Wichita Falls City View. And in our six-man game of the week, it's a good one. I like Anton over Whit Harrell. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games did I leave out? Leave comments down below. Don't forget that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week seven of the Texas high school football season. We'll see you. There it is, Tepper's Week 7 Texas High School Football Predictions. If you want to go back and rewatch that at any point, you can go to our YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash TF to see just how many of those Mr. Greg Tepper was able to get right. And now we head over to the hotline to bring on the head coach of those newly ranked Kaufman Lions, Coach Jeremy Burleson. Coach, how are things in beautiful Kaufman, Texas? Uh, they're, they're great. How, how are you guys doing? Doing well. And, and Coach, I mean, man, what a season for your Lions so far. You're coming off a 3-7 and seven season in 2019, 3-8 and eight last season. Right now you're sitting at a perfect 6-0 and oh record. You just made it into the top 10 rankings, ranked at number 10 in 4A D1. Man, what's what's the secret to the sauce? What have your guys been doing this year? Oh, they've been they've been working hard. We've got some kids that, that were on that team uh, two years ago with their three and seven. They were on that team last year with their three and eight, and uh, they wanted to do something different. And uh, they're doing it right now, so we're we're excited. The kids are playing hard, and uh, we're ready to go. Man, offensively, your guys have been putting up 42 points a game. We knew coming into the season that you were very, very high on the talent and experience that your guys had on that offensive line, and they have just done the part so far. What can you say about the way that your big man, your big guys down in the trenches have played? Oh, well, you know, I know it's cliche and everybody says it, but you're only as good as the big boys up front, and uh, we have a really solid group uh, up front, uh, four of them, four of the five are seniors. And uh, so they've got some experience, and uh, they're showing it. When you take a look at, at uh, a big talent there that you have for your team, 
I want to give you an opportunity to talk about a guy who might be flying under recruits' radars a little bit in your senior wide receiver, Dalen Dickerson. Now, we, we know he's a special player, but you're the guy that gets to see him in practice every single day. What makes him such a special player? Well, he's got that, 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 that thing they call the intangibles. He's, he's just such a great leader. He's a good person. Um, um, we, I think we had a, there was a fight in the, in the hallways last week, and he broke it up. He's the guy that's going to go in and do those kinds of things and keep the team together in the locker room. And then, obviously, he's, he's got the talent to get it done on the field. So he's he just a special person. Defensively, too, I mean, your guys have done – a, a great job of it seems like being there in the times that they really need to be there to allow you to kind of take those games and start to run away with it defensively what has changed with this squad i don't think a whole lot's changed i think the, the kids are bought into the way we're training them and the, the, the things that we're believing in and they're believing in it and and uh, coach haynes our defensive coordinator does a great job with adjustments in game and halftime adjustments and uh they're just kind of bought in right now we're we're really excited about that and then going back to your offense one more time here with your with your quarterback uh, Garmin, just how much of a catalyst has he been for for the success that you've had so far? Yeah, Derek Clayman is our quarterback, and uh, he's done a great job leading the team. Uh, he gets out there, and you know there may be a mistake mistake here or there, and he doesn't get flustered and stays level, stays calm, and, and gets those guys going in the right direction. Now, when you look at the back half of your schedule, this does not get any easier. You've got Paris, Argyle, Melissa kind of all coming up. I know for a fact coaches always say you take it one week at a time, but I know there has to be some sort of mental preparation here to tell your guys that, hey, you know, we just got to acknowledge the fact that the road continues to get tougher and tougher each week. Kind of how are you, how are you prepping your guys to know that this far into the season you've got to still have your foot completely put on the gas? Well, just like you said, we're, we're going to continue to practice like we've been practicing all year. We're going to continue to to do the things we've done all year. They know, the kids know, they know that each week is going to get tougher. And this week it starts with Terrell. Uh, Coach said Barry does a great job over there. And then we're going to have to move on to Paris and Argyle Melissa. So they know each week is going to get tougher. And then uh, hopefully uh, we can get into the playoffs and, and make a little run. And you brought it up there. You've got a tough test tomorrow night, 7.30, in that old Highway 34 rivalry against those Tigers out of Terrell. I'm not going to ask you to give away your complete game plan, but when you take a look at what's facing you on the other side of the field, what are your guys going to have to do tomorrow to come out and, and get that win? Uh, well, we're going to have to start fast. Uh, we're going to have to limit our penalties and uh, limit our turnovers. This is, a, this is a game you can't give those guys the ball because they like to get it and keep it and then uh, punch one in at the end. So we're going to have to hang on to the football. That's going to be the big key for us. Well, Coach, we thank you a lot for being able to join us here today. Congratulations so far on the outstanding season that you guys have had, and best of luck in the, in the rest of that gauntlet of a season. Thanks so much. Go Lions. <laughs> There he goes, Kaufman head coach Jeremy Burleson joining us here on Texas Football Today. And there's the fact of the matter, guys. I mean, when you t are able to take a program like that and, and flip it around from 3-7, and 3-8, and eight, to all of a sudden 6-0, and oh, and, and you're looking there and saying, hey, and that's super, super tough. District 7, 4A, Division One district, you're able to sit there and say, okay, well, look, you, everyone focuses on Melissa. Everyone focuses on Argyle. You focus on Paris. We're here. We're ready to go. And what a test that's going to be in the back half of, of ending your three 
your your season with the last three games being those three big games. But if you're going to do it, you might as well be six and zero. Oh, and and I mean, hey, they're in the top ten. You're you're ranked heading into that the rest of district play, and I think they've got a good shot against Terrell tomorrow. So that'll be another big boost if they can get that before taking on the rest of of that crazy season. So really appreciate Coach Jeremy Burleson out of Kaufman hopping on with us today. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon talking football in the Lone Star State. We hope you will consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. And a big thing to note there, are we're getting started on our Rising Magazine. So that's our big recruiting magazine. Greg Powers does a great job on that along with the rest of his help. And uh, it kind of gives you an outlook before we get into hashtag commitment season and, and signing days and stuff like that, kind of where they're thinking, who, what recruits you need to be looking forward uh, to watching and everything like that. So, um, yeah, texasfootball.com slash subscribe. One more order of business here. Dave Campbell's Texas Football has partnered with the North Texas Honda dealers to honor community helpers from across North Texas. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is fortunate to have so many great individuals to give back to their community in so many different ways. Thank you to the support of the helpful Honda North Texas dealers. We have the opportunity to shine a light on a few very deserving individuals here. And this week, our helpful Honda community helpers of the week is Miss Karen Kravesky from Highland Park High School. Congratulations to her for doing a great job of supporting that Highland Park Scots community. And then on the other side of it, we are also very pleased to recognize Stephanie Bryant and Len Lenny Darden from Berkner High School and recognize them for their continued support in the Berkner community and so thank you to all three wonderful individuals for helping in their respected communities and congratulations to the North for being named the North Texas Honda Dealers Helpful Community Helper Award recipient this week. So big time doing there for both of those three. And we are very appreciative to the North Texas Honda Dealers for shining light on, on those helpful individuals in all of those communities. All right, guys, it is time to fire it up here. We usually do our college football burning questions with Greg Tepper, this time a new face, a better face, one might say, with Mike Craven, our college football insider. Again, if y'all haven't had the opportunity to take a look at Craven's stuff since he's been here, he's done an outstanding job so far. It's at Craven Mike on Twitter. He's got his Craven wagers every single week. He's at games. He'll be at the Red River Rivalry this week, which you can hear about here in just a second. So we are very excited to have him on and take a look at the week six college football burning questions here in the Lone Star State. All right, it is time for our week six college football burning questions and a little bit of a different face this time. Not Greg Tepper. We're joined by our college football insider, Mike Craven. Craven, how are you doing, man? It's a much better looking face, I think. I, that's just my opinion. Could not be more correct. I'm sure that everyone else will agree as well. <laughs> but we've got another big week of college football and no one better here to talk about it. We'll go ahead and get started here. Uh, six o'clock p.m. on a Saturday 
possibly what we could consider the game of the week, UTSA taking on the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. The line there, uh, three and a half in favor of Western Kentucky. But the question here is, Sincere McCormick's legs or Bailey Zappi's arms, which one is more dangerous in this matchup? Yeah, I'm going to go with Bailey Zappi's arms. You know, there's a, there's a reason that quarterbacks are picked number one in the NFL draft. There's a reason those guys are recruited so highly. Um, you can have the greatest running game in the world, but in modern football, you need to be able to throw the ball around. So uh, I would take Zappi's arm. I mean, I know Sincere McCormick's legs are, are very good. I'm sure he gets 30, 35 carries this week to try to keep the ball away from Zappi as much as possible. But, you know, he's averaging the most passing yards in, in NCAA. He's been lighting it up against really good teams. So it's going to be a big challenge for the Roadrunners. I was going to say, uh, Sam Kahn just tweeted out a couple minutes ago, actually, 428 passing yards per game. I mean, that, that's insane. And that's against teams like Michigan State that, you know, that are good. You know, they, he hasn't been beaten up on small competition. So it's going to be a step up for UTSA secondary. And they've struggled a little bit, giving up a lot of yards per pass attempt, per completion. So they're going to have to keep everything in front of them, tackle really well in space. Because uh, Western, Western Kentucky kind of uses the short passing game as an extension of their run game. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a long day for that secondary. No doubt about it. Sticking with Conference USA here, the 4-1 and one UTEP Miners taking on Southern Miss there in Hattiesburg, 6 p.m. on a Saturday. This Southern Miss team is really bad. So what does UTEP – do they need to plan for anything other than Frank Gore Jr.? I think it's more about them, right? This is the first time in a while UTEP's gone on the road with expectations like this. They're, they're a favorite for the third week in, the row, in a row. They've won two games in a row, I'm sure, around campus. They've been getting a lot of pats on the backs. You know, people like us have been kind of, you know, touting them and, and, and hyping them up and stuff. We all want to see them do really well. So I think for UTEP, it's, it's kind of an unfamiliar position where they're expected to do well. And sometimes that can mess with the team. I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for them is to go on the road and to play with the same intensity they've played the last couple of weeks. Because if they do, Southern Miss is extremely beatable. And they have Southern Miss this week. So you think, okay, you can get to 5-1. and one, And then uh, the bowling pins are off in the distance back there because then you've got Rice after that. And North Texas. You know, North Texas hasn't played very well either. So they got a couple winnable games if they can get this Southern Miss game, you know, in their pocket. Absolutely. Then moving on here, um, South Alabama taking on Texas State down there in San Marcos at 6 p.m. on a Saturday. South Alabama is favored on the road here, um, but a little bit different here is Texas State's coming off a bye week. So how much do you think that a home game after a bye week kind of plays as an advantage for the Bobcats in this one? It feels like now or never for Texas State in 2021. You know, if they lose this game, the wheels fall off, the, the schedule gets even tougher, and who knows kind of what this season turns into. So you would hope the bye week allows them to kind of rally around each other, come out and play with some pride. But for me, the question is how many guys are, are back healthy? Um, you know, they've missed, you know, a couple dozen of players over the last couple of games. If most of those guys are back, then I think the bye week definitely does help. If a lot of those guys are still out, then you're still playing with the depleted numbers that have kind of hampered you in the past. And uh, this defense is not very good. The offense has been fine. Mm -hmm. uh, the defense just hasn't been very good, hasn't tackled very well. South Alabama is going to test that. So if, if they have some guys back specifically in the secondary, I think they'll play a lot better. Yeah, this feels like a must win down there for Jake's battle because you just can't give this one up, especially after a bye week. Yep. Moving on now to a yikes kind of a matchup here as number one Alabama heads down to Kyle Field to take on an A&M team that is just struggling. That one's 7 p.m. Saturday on CBS. 
here's the big question that I think we've all been wondering. Um, when are we going to see Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller and Devon Chan finally make an impact in a game? Well, they need the football. Uh, you know, Jimbo Fisher just has not ran the ball as much as we thought they would, and it's surprising with the backup quarterback and with the passing game not working all that well. And, you know, they've been in games. It's not like Arkansas blew them out. It's not like Mississippi State blew them out. But then you look at the box score, and they're throwing the ball more times than they're running it. And I, I find that weird, but I think it's because of the offensive line. I, I just don't think Jimbo Fisher trusts that offensive line. Uh, but they're averaging over five yards a carry. So if, if I'm A&M and we're going to probably lose anyway – I'm giving my guys the ball and seeing if we can figure some stuff out. But this is – Alabama's the worst team in the world to figure stuff out against, right? Like, you're not going to get – you're not going to struggle against Mississippi State doing one thing and then, like, get right against Alabama. This is kind of just a hold on to your seats and hope it doesn't get too, too bad type of deals. It also, to me, strikes me as a thing that if you're going to use running backs, this is the time to do it because you especially don't want Zach Calzada getting hurt against that Alabama defensive line. Like, that's another thing. You don't really want to let him be vulnerable back there. And you don't need your defense out there a bunch. You know, this isn't Alabama from a decade ago that's trying to win 10-7 and just beat you up. They'll put 70 on you if you're out there too often. So if this A&M offense can't, one, control the ball or move the sticks, I don't care how good A&M's defense is. You play too often against that Alabama offense, you're going to wear down. Moving on to a uh, kind of an interesting game here in the Big 12. TCU going over to Lubbock at a night game there, um, 6 p.m. on a Saturday. Now, I feel like we've talked for years. Gary Patterson, oh, he's fine. He's never going to leave. They're going to keep him around. It's getting to the point on, if you had to give this a scale of 1 to 10, how bad does Patterson actually need this win? I feel like it's a seven or an eight and not, not maybe for job security, but just because of the noise kind of building around there. I, I made this uh, reference on um, the Republic of football podcast, but you know, there's a reason after like 18, you move out of the house, right? Like after so many years of listening to the same messaging from the same people, you just need new experiences. Texas kind of ran into that with Matt Brown. Florida State ran in that with Bobby Bowden. I, I think TCU's running up against that against Gary Patterson. It's nothing about him as a coach. He has a statue outside the stadium already. So his place is cemented in Fort Worth. I just think the messaging is getting kind of old. Um, the playbook's getting a little stale, and they, they got to figure it out. And, yeah, this feels like a must-win game for them um, coming off of a loss to SMU, a loss to Texas. You add in a third in-state loss, and not only does that impact you on the field, what does that do to you recruiting-wise? Absolutely, and especially with the playbook scenario of any time we see a good TCU team, it's because of their defense, and that defense has just looked meh. It's like, what else does Patterson bring to the table past that super good defense, you know? Yeah, and if you're not going to give Zach Evans the ball 20-plus times, you know, it, that's either on Zach for not being in as good of a shape as he needs to be or that's on the offensive staff for not giving him the ball as much as he needs. I think this is going to be pretty interesting. Does Do, do we see Gary Patterson go, okay, f fine, I'm going to give him the ball 30 times and see what that does, or does he kind of play it, you know, does the pride and ego get in the way and he only gives him 10, 15 carries again? It'll be interesting to see how Zach is used because the game tech struggled with – they got the ball ran down their throat. So if you're TCU, you'd imagine the game plan is show up and run the ball 40, 50, 60 times. I would completely agree with that. Now taking on uh, number 24 SMU traveling to the Agua Troops over there in Navy. Navy has been a program that we've said has been pretty terrible all year, but they've started to show a little bit of oomph behind them. Um, does Sonny Dykes have that defense prepared to go on the road and take on the triple option? 
it's the most annoying offense to play against if you're a defense. Like, you know, everybody talks about the air raid and being spread out and all that kind of stuff. Defenses love to play against that. I mean, it's just glorified seven on seven. But this, you're going to get chop blocked a bunch. You're going to get cut blocked. You're going to have to tackle guys that don't even have the football. So, it's an, we saw it with Houston. You know, Navy was able to, to hang around with Houston, and they've gotten better each week. They're going to get yards. They're going to have plays. They're going to have long drives for SMU. It's just about – turning those into field goals, not letting them sustain, you know, 10, 11, 12 play drives, getting off the field that way. So I think they'll be fine. This isn't a Navy team that should be able to beat SMU, but they're absolutely going to give them some problems, especially early on with the run game. Um, Matriculating on to the TFT Bowl as North Texas takes on Mizzou. I had to rep the shirt because if there was ever a time to do it, today was the day. Um, 3 p.m. on a Saturday, Missouri favored by 19. What does it take for North Texas not to get themselves into this dreaded hole that they can't climb out of, that they continue to do week after week? But they just got to figure out what to do with the passing game. You know, I mean, they're just – they're struggling to, to get over 100 yards passing over the last couple of games. So, they're going to have to figure that out. Or they need to put that in the rearview mirror and just be a running game – a running team. You know, they need to just kind of give that up and run the ball 70% of the time or they need to figure out some consistency in the passing game. I don't know if that's, you know, just getting some short passes early, using play action. Um, Missouri's not that great. But I, I just think in comparison, you know, they've been playing competition that, you know, North Texas just can't stack up against. So I would think the horses at Missouri are just enough uh, to kind of overwhelm North Texas. But a quick start, and all of a sudden you're in a game against a team that doesn't have much confidence in Missouri. They fired their defensive line coach. They've had a lot of struggles defensively. So, you know, maybe this is a time where the mean green can kind of shock some folks and they play more like the SMU game and less like the last few. Well, if there's ever a time for them to get their crap together, this would be the week, at least for my sake. <laughs> have, they, have they invited you to do like a pregame speech or whatever, you know? Like, no, but they should have. Just That's like a picture of Greg Tepper and just be like, this is, you know, this is Peter the guy. guy. <laughs> do it for this. Right. Everybody in Missouri's uniform is this guy. Tackle <laughs> this guy. I need you to just wrap up and lay him out. All right, moving on here uh, to a guy that I know you're really, really hot on. So Houston taking on the Green Wave. That's actually tonight at 6.30. A Friday game last week, a Thursday game. This all screams Dana Holgerson here. But Houston taking on it to Lane. The guy that you're high on, does Alton McCaskill grab a new season high rushing yards here? A young stud at running back for them. Yeah, Conroe Oak Ridge product. He's a true freshman. I believe he's the face of the program as they move into the Big 12. I mean, he's a really, really good football player. His his season high right now is 114 yards. To me, I just don't know if he'll get the amount of carries to break it. He hasn't carried the ball over 17 times. He's a young guy, and they've been blowing teams out the last couple of weeks. So um, if they take care of business against Tulane, I don't think he plays enough in the second half, you know, this fourth quarter to really rack up those points. But if it's a close game, he needs the ball at least 20 times. He's their best player. Clayton Toon's hamstring is still bothering him. He can't give kind of that dual that, you know, uh, he can't run the ball as well as he normally would. And Dana Holgerson likes that out of his quarterback. So it's going to be all on Alton McCaskill out of the backfield. And I think this may be a kind of a career game for him for sure. I like the midweek games. I think Houston does a smart job. If you're not Texas, if you're not Oklahoma, you get in on those midweek games, all of a sudden you can get recruits and people and some eyeballs on you that maybe they wouldn't be on Saturday. So I think it's always been a smart kind of strategy for Holgerson. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And you can catch them on ESPN tonight. So there's good coverage. Um, all right, West by God, Virginia, coming down to McLean Stadium to take on Baylor. Uh, Baylor favored by two and a half at home. That's 11 a.m. on Saturday. 
We saw Baylor get handed three interceptions last week and did absolutely nothing with it. Against West Virginia in what is always a weird game between the two of these teams, can they finally find that offensive spark that they're looking for? I don't know if they have it. You know, I, I have my questions about Gary Bohannon and, and what he can do down the field. And I think what we're seeing is, you know, against the first couple teams on their schedule, it didn't really matter. And against Iowa State, they just played a really good game. They were able to run the football, get a big lead early, and then kind of coast and kind of hold on to that lead there towards the end. Uh, I think what we saw last week was Oklahoma State daring him to beat him. You know, like, your offensive line is good, your running game is good, so we're going to put eight, nine people in the box, and we don't think you can beat us deep, and they never could. So, for me, it's R.J. Sneed. It's guys like that. Can they get vertical? Can they, can they threaten a defense enough to get a safety or two outside of the box? Because they just have not been consistent enough in the passing game to scare any defenses. And I don't care how good your offensive line is. If you're going up against eight guys in the box, you're just not going to have a lot of success. And finally, we save the one that everyone wants to hear about this week for last. We've got the Red River rivalry as number six Oklahoma takes on number 21 at Texas, 11 a.m. Of course, they're at the Cotton Bowl where it's always at. What is the key matchup for Texas to be able to pull what obviously, according to the rankings, would be would be an upset here? Yeah, I think offensively, it's, it's the offensive line versus the defensive line. The, the one game so far we've seen Texas struggle in, Arkansas's defensive line won that battle and that kept Bajon Robinson in check. You know, he needs a huge game. You know, if he doesn't rush for 150 yards and a couple touchdowns, Texas doesn't win this game. If you flip it to the other side, it's that Texas secondary against the wide receivers. The, Oklahoma has not passed the ball down the field all that much. I think that's because their offensive line isn't very good. But Texas' secondary is capable of giving up big plays. That's just what they do. They're not very good down the field. So I think it's just going to be a matter of can Oklahoma get their wide receivers down the field? Because if so, they have some uh, opportunities and advantages against the UT secondary. And you'll be at that game, correct? I will be at the game. It'll be my first time to ever cover it. I've been, I've been to a few growing up and stuff, but it'll be my first time as a media member there. So I'm pretty excited. I was to say, that's always cool. Well, you can catch all of that action and follow uh, Craven on Twitter. It's at Craven Mike. Craven, appreciate the time as always. And man, en enjoy the Red River rivalry. That'll be a cool time. Appreciate it. I finally get to expense a corn dog. So that's pretty cool. You know, like, you know, normally it takes like 58 tickets and, you know, you're kind of going broke you before you get in the game. I, I don't have to worry about that. I can just, you know, I can use it for social content stuff. There you go. Yeah, the $8 corn dog. You say, here you go, Adam. I'm enjoying yep. my corn dog. That's great. Yep. Enjoy it, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Talk to you all later. Hey, there he is. Our guy, our college football insider, Mike Craven, joining us for the week six college football burning questions. And my heart is forever happy for him that he finally gets to expense his Fletcher's corny dog. <laughs> Too fun there. And hopefully he has a good time out there at the Red River Rivalry at 11 o'clock. You can watch that from home, ABC, on Saturday. Now, friends, one more order of business here, and that is... Takis is the presenting sponsor of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Sustainability Champions Award, spotlighting influential kids looking to pursue a career focused on the social, environmental, and economic well-being of our future. Today's Spotlight Game of the Week features the McKinney Lions versus the Prosper Eagles, where we, we will be spotlighting our two Sustainability Champions Award winners. From McKinney, it's Miss Anna Bueller. And from Pos Prosper, it's Miss Sydney. Thomas, congratulations to both of these ladies on receiving this honor, and thank you to Takis for your support. 
of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Sustainability Champions Award winners. Congratulations again to Anna Bullard and Sydney Thomas. All right, team. Well, that will do it for us today. Uh, for final thoughts here, a quick programming note, just a reminder, we will not be having a show tomorrow. Um, if you have any questions, you can tweet at us. We might answer them if we have some time here. Um, but if not, we will be back for Mailbag Friday again next week. That being said, if you are curious to see who the winners are of the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week or the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week from Week 6, you can follow at DCTF on Twitter. We will have that information posted around the noon hour tomorrow when both of those polls close. So check out at DCTF on Twitter for both of those announcements. But other than that, we hope that you'll enjoy your football weekend. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. We hope that you will give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Again, that's where you can see the award announcements for tomorrow. And of course, see us on texasfootball.com. Thanks again, to Kaufman head coach Jeremy Burleson, to Mike Craven for joining us before his trip up 35, his favorite trip. And, yep, that'll do it. I am Ashley Pickle. Uh, thank you for joining us. Vince Young, I don't have your player of the year trophy, but we will be back in the studio hopefully next week to be able to get that to you, so please come get that. As for that, we will not see you tomorrow. Reminder, no show tomorrow, but we will see you tomorrow uh, Monday on Texas Football Today. Bye, guys.